Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. On this site, what you have noticed if you've been paying attention to the last couple weeks is we've been writing team previews. We're going to have 30 previews for 30 teams ahead of opening day. By the end of this week, we will have all the divisions wrapped up. If you go to the site today, we are going to have the NL East up. My Mets, that's where we started this podcast. I did breakdowns of Mets versus Phillies, Mets versus Braves, Braves versus Phillies, and we've kind of continued that as these written previews have come out. On Monday's show, I broke down who was better, the Angels or the Rangers, because those are the two teams that are in the middle class of the American League West. There's, to me, a very clear hierarchy in this division. There's the Astros and the Mariners atop it. There's the Rangers and the Angels as two teams that go into this season with playoff aspirations, trying to make it as a wild card, but unlikely to put it all together to the point where they could actually contend to win this division. And then you have the Oakland Athletics, who are pretty likely to lose 100 games. I'm sorry, Mr. Clay Snowden, who is the biggest propaganda pumper uh, on just baseball for Oakland A's content. He did have an article that's pretty interesting about their outfield situation, uh, but that's not going to at all impact this divisional race. So really what it comes down to is the Astros Mariners. And if you've been paying attention to this show, I did a podcast uh, about a week or two ago where I broke down rotations because we were going through the top starting rotations in baseball, and I compared the Mariners to the Astros. Then I gave the Mariners an edge. I will save a lion's share of that conversation for that podcast. If you want a deeper dive on it, you can go back and watch it. But as we compare these two teams, the reason why I give the Mariners an edge is because I love their one through four about as much as any one through four in baseball to have Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray, two proven veterans. Robbie Ray, a scion a couple years ago. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. Castillo, a guy that could contend for a Cy Young this year based on you know the fact that he has been a really good pitcher for a long time. He has one of the best changeups in the game, and he's now pitching in a much more pitcher-friendly ballpark than he was in Cincinnati and on a great team. He's got a chance to really make some noise this year. And then you got the two 25-year-old studs, Logan Gilbert coming off a great season where he led the team in innings pitch and starts and pitched to a 3-2 ERA. And then you have George Kirby, who has every opportunity to ascend and become the ace of this team. That is how talented George Kirby is, former top prospect that really came on down the stretch last year, and he pounds the strike zone like few pitchers in baseball. So the ability to miss bats and attack, that's going to be a good recipe for success. And then you round out a rotation with Marco Gonzalez, who's a very solid number five. He's going to be able to eat innings for you. And Chris Flexen, who can always fill in if any of those top five go down. That rotation is deep, and the floor of it is just so very high. The Astros, look, their rotation is solid. They got Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. Javier, a sneaky Cy Young pick this year, guy who only had one hit in his two playoff starts last year, and Valdez was amazing in his playoff starts, particularly in the World Series where he won both of his outings. That's a great one-two punch. Luis Garcia, very solid number three who is basically guaranteed to pitch to a sub-4 ERA and give you at least 155 innings based on what he's done the last two years. You feel great about their one through three. 
Jose Urquidy, though, as your four, a guy that all the expected metrics tell us a regression is coming, yet he finds a way to pitch to a sub-four ERA every single year, it seems like. Still, though, when he's your four, you don't necessarily feel great. They have the potential to have one of the best rotations in baseball, but a lot needs to happen, and what that really comes down to is Hunter Brown as a rookie establishing himself as a guy that you know could be pushing Luis Garcia for a playoff start come October. That's going to be a, a tall task for him. If he proves that and you get Lance McCullers back, yeah, maybe they'll have a better rotation than the Mariners, but I like the sure thing with Seattle. So let's really now go beyond an argument we've already had on this show and focus in on their starting lineups. Here's where I say the Seattle Mariners can and will win the division this year. Jose Altuve's injury. I think that opens the door for Seattle to jump out and get a lead early. There's always a little bit of a championship hangover. Sometimes it's worse for the team that loses the World Series than the team that wins it. But at the same time, even though this is an Astros team that you look at the last you know, five full regular seasons, they've you know basically won them all in the American League West and they've won 100 games Almost every single time that the average is 102 wins and there was one season where they won 95 games. As good as they've been, you now remove Altuve from the lineup. So right now you go to roster resource. Their projected lineup is Jeremy Pena batting leadoff, Kyle Tucker 2, Bregman 3, Jordan 4, Abreu 5, David Hensley as the second baseman, 6, Chaz McCormick in left, Jake Myers in center, and they have Martin Maldonado catching. Now, this team gets better when Altuve comes back, when Brantley comes back. You know, there's a lot that will take place that will help this team reach the heights where come October, they're the favorite. But just to get through the season, I look at, at you know, David Hensley and I say, all right, well, you, you got a rookie. You know, what's what's he going to do this year? You know, last year he got in 16 games and granted, he was awesome, 345 average, 441 on base, 586 slug. But not everyone's Jeremy Pena who could fill in for an all-star and, and and play at you know a close to that level. So we'll see what he looks like. You now don't have that depth. You look at the bench, and you know, there's not a lot that I can really even point to and say, oh yeah, yeah, you know, that's a guy that's gonna be an impact player. You have Mauricio Dubon. Um, right now, they have Justin Durden projected to make the team as a non-roster invite, and JT or JJ Matevich. Matevich. Uh, it's horrible. Sounds like a tennis player. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know the Astros farm as well as I guess I should. Uh, you look at his numbers in AAA last year. He wasn't bad. 125 weighted runs created plus. That's solid. Uh, but the MLB numbers in a small sample weren't great. 209 average, 254 on base, 328 slug. We'll see. I, I just think that this team has suddenly got thin. They're missing some really good players. And when you have Altuve waiting for maybe a couple months, who knows how long it's going to take for that broken thumb to, to heal, for him to get back and be able to take you know real live at-bats and get himself ready to go, I think that's going to crack the door open for Seattle and this is one of the most well-rounded teams in the game. You know, Colton Wong was a nice addition at second base. Maybe he's leading off for them. You got Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, 
Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, and Cal Raleigh. That's a really good one through six. I mean, Raleigh was one of the top ten, top ten catchers in baseball. I think we might even had him in our top five. A guy that you know struggled at the jump last year and then really figured it out. Ends up hitting twenty seven home runs from the catcher position. You know, Suarez had an unbelievable bounce back year coming over to Seattle for the first time to to you know hit thirty one home runs and put up a one thirty one WRC plus to get on base. At a 332 clip, which he hadn't done since 2019 when he got on base at a 358 clip. Suarez was excellent, and the defense was not as much of an issue as it was in 2021 for him. So you look at him as a plus third baseman. You know, Teoscar Hernandez just adds some stability to that lineup behind a Ty France or a Julio Rodriguez, wherever they want to hit him. He is going to go up and you can pretty much pencil him in for a WRC plus at at least 130 the last three years for him. Now, this doesn't include the 2020 season, but 142, 132, 129 when it comes to the way to runs creative plus apartment. And he hit 16 home runs in 2020, 32 in 2021, and 25 last year. I think you can probably say that from that lineup, if you look at Hernandez, Suarez, and Raleigh, you're going to get at least 75 homers. J-Rod could hit 40. He's you know, a, a potential face of baseball in the making. To have him at 22 years old, I don't think anyone is expecting a sophomore slump. If you look at his season last year, he struggled in the first month and then was essentially like a top-five hitter in baseball when it comes to way to runs created plus. I think his WRC plus was in the 160s from May on. So that lineup is really solid. And then look at the back end of it. Like Compare the back end of the Astros lineup right now to the back end of the Mariners. At 7th right now in roster resource in the lineup, playing left field is Jared Kelnick. He had some swing adjustments. He seems to be you know, getting a little bit more into his stance, a little bit more of a bent knee, less upright, getting a little bit more of a preset load, and it seems to be working for him. He's had an unbelievable spring up to this point. I mean, arguably the best spring in baseball. That's a good sign for a former top prospect. You know, there's every chance at 23 years old that he still could break out and be the type of player that we always expected, or at least be an above-average player whose defense already ticked up last year, playing left field. He could be a solid defender in that corner uh, if that's where they ultimately put him. And, you know, he might be able to run into 15 home runs this year and and give you some good at-bats. I think, you know, Kalanick is the next factor on this team. But, you know, he's a guy that really could uh, explode for them. I mean, last year, he still had seven home runs in 54 games. You know, imagine he runs into a couple more. I, I don't even know. Maybe 20 home runs it is possible for him. Then you got A.J. Pollock, who rakes against left-handed pitching. So he's your DH. It seems like he'll probably get some time in the outfield as well. Last year, the White Sox ran him into the ground, having to start him every day in the outfield. Now at 35 years old, he doesn't have to do that anymore. And then J.P. Crawford, can you get anything from him offensively? And can you get a better season defensively? There's been a lot of hype about him this offseason. We had our guy Lyle Goldstein write a full breakdown of J.P. Crawford. And he's been spending a lot of time in driveline. And we'll see if they really have remade his swing the way they're hyping it up to be. Because if so, suddenly as a hitter in the nine hole, I mean, Crawford is really solid and a guy that can turn the lineup over with some speed and score a lot of runs for that top of the lineup who can drive him in. Look at the bench. 
you know, Tommy LaStella right now projected to, to make the roster, but you imagine that he might fall off when you get Dylan Moore back, who brings a lot of speed to the table and some utility to, to maybe platoon a little bit with Colton Wong at second base. Uh, maybe LaStella stays and Cooper Hummel is the guy that goes down right now. He's projected to make the team. We'll see. Uh, Tom Murphy is the backup catcher, a guy that, you know, was maybe looking to be the starting catcher uh, prior to, to not really being available last season, only played 14 games. And, you know, Cal Raleigh kind of took the job from him. But in 2019, uh, Tom Murphy was pretty solid. He had 273, 324 on base, 535 slug, had 18 home runs. That was in 76 games. I mean, that's really damn good. So that's a nice underrated catching tandem you got with Raleigh and Murphy. And Sam Haggerty is another great utility guy. Can play some outfield, some infield, bring you some speed. Overall, this is just such a well-rounded team. Even when the Astros get you know Altuve back and Brantley back, while I think their ceiling is a little bit higher with better players. If you look at you know an eventual front six of Altuve, you know Pena, Tucker, Bregman, Jordan, Abreu. I mean that's arguably the best collection of six players that any team might have, but you're still going to have your questions about a McCormick. You're still going to wonder if Brantley can stay healthy. You still know you're getting absolutely nothing offensively from Maldonado. I think this Mariners offense can be better and, you know, kind of convincingly better than the Astros this year. I like the rotation more. So just based on that alone, as great as the Astros bullpen is, and it is incredible. Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, Hector Norris, Ryan Stanek, Phil Mayton. I, I met it's it's deep and they always find ways to make guys who you're not even necessarily expecting to be great even better. You know, they got a rule five pick this year. Looks like Seth Martinez. For all we know, he's gonna pitch to a two one one ERA because that's what they do. But as good as their bullpen is you still look at a Mariners bullpen that isn't that far off. I mean, you got Paul Seawald, who has just been unbelievable in Seattle the last couple of years. Andres Munoz, one of the best, nastiest relievers in the game. Diego Castillo has a little bit of closing experience, and he's always been a dependable arm. Matt Brash could have the nastiest slider in baseball. He's coming out of the pen for them. They have the guys to close out games, especially when on most nights they should be getting six or seven innings from their starters. They're going to get a lot of deep starts from Castillo and, and and George Kirby, I think, is going to go deep in a lot of games. You might get the same thing from Logan Gilbert, who went over 180 innings last year, and even Robbie Ray, and that's going to you know put you in a position where even if you only look at their you know top four guys in that pen, that gonna that's gonna be enough to close out a lot of games with Seawald, Munoz, Castillo, Brash. I, I think this Mariners team is as well rounded as any team in baseball, and that includes the Houston Astros. And I think if Altuve was healthy, I'd probably tip the scales towards the Astros. That's how close this still is. I imagine Houston's still going to win 95 games despite the injuries. But could Seattle win 101 this year? That's honestly something I could foresee. I think they could be a juggernaut in the regular season. 
with that rotation, with Julio Rodriguez, with a lineup that makes sense around him and is very deep one through nine defensively and offensively for sure. I'm taking all the stock I can in Seattle this year to upset the Alpha Cart. Very similar to how I feel about the Padres and the Dodgers this year. Those two teams, the Astros and the Dodgers, have presided over Major League Baseball for a long time as just, you know, kind of set it, forget it, division picks to win every single year in the West. Well, guess what? There's a couple of teams that have really rebuilt themselves and put themselves in a position to take down the juggernaut in 2023. Uh, so that's going to be all, though, for today's edition of Who's Better Baseball. I think we're going to be doing Red Sox, Orioles, and Guardians White Sox to close out the week. So four episodes, what I'm planning to record. Got a couple of guests for those last two. So make sure you're following, rating, and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. You're subscribing on YouTube, following me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. And check out all the great stuff we got coming at JustBaseball.com. 30 previews for 30 teams. NL East preview with all, or at least four of the five uh, team previews written up. Uh, That's going to go up today on Wednesday. Tomorrow, NL Central will go up with all the written previews. And then NL West to close out the week uh, ahead of opening day. So, again, all that available at JustBaseball.com.